Welcome to North of the Shire, your podcast on all things Lord of the Rings, although I'm quite sure it's mostly about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm your host, Don, and this is episode 33. Today, my co-host is a man that I have dragged all over Ontario with me since 2015. It's Garrett Pogson. How are you doing, sir? Great. How are you today? I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, good to have you on the show again. This is going to be the first entire episode for a while without Andrew in it because he's very uh, busy and about to have a child. So he is not going to be here today. Yep, he is uh, Child Eve, I guess they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any day now. <laughs> yeah, any day. Um, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Let's just go over that quickly. We're going to just do a bit of a catch-up and talk about what we've been doing hobby-wise for the last little bit. Uh, our main topic today is going to be about a Battle Companies tournament that Garrett and I attended a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to do a little All That Is Gold Does Not Glitter. And then we are going to talk about something not MESBG. We're going to talk about the, what's it called, the Lord of the Rings card game? What is it called? Uh, yeah, it's called Lord of the Rings, the trading card game. All right, so that's what we're going to talk about in our, our final segment. Um, but let's just do a bit of a catch-up before we get into any of that other stuff. Uh, have you been doing any hobbying lately? Doing any painting, assembling, mold lines? Oh, yeah. Like, I, uh, I try and do at least an hour a day. Because if you can do an hour a day, you can get a lot done in a oh, week. Oh, yeah. So... Um, I have been working on stuff, not all uh, Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, actually, the last couple nights I've been trying to put together decks for this new card game, mm -hmm. and uh, it takes a while to sort through all your cards and yeah, figure yeah. out what you want to do, right? So I've been doing that. Um, I've been building some 40k models for um, my Eldari, or Eldar as the older players would know. Uh-huh. Because um, they just had a new bunch of new stuff come out, so I've been building that. Um, what else have we been doing? Oh, I actually last night I started uh, working on my scouts again, getting them ready to paint for uh, an upcoming project. Your Lurtz's scouts. Yep. So. What is this? Your like second or third run at that army now? Yeah, I'm gonna actually start painting them though. So. It'll be a start. Once I get one or two models done, it'll be it'll be downhill. I'll believe it when I see it. Tell yeah. me when they're primed. How about that? Just tell yeah. me when they're primed. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I've also been working on my corn uh, blood bowl team that mm -hmm. we've been trying to get started, and uh, I've actually put paint to my uh, Stargrave team. Cool, cool. Most of the base colors are done for them, so they're the furthest. Uh, thing that I've done in all my projects. Yeah, Stargrave is another thing that we were both really interested in, um, and it's kind of on our long list of of games that we need to get together and play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I still haven't done anything with my Blood Bowl team. It's still uh, uh, sitting there. The only thing that I've done with it is I just put it in a storage 
case. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it was just sitting with a whole bunch of other models. Because, like I've said before, so far this year, uh, like all I've really done is assemble and prime models. And I got to the point where I had so like I have so much stuff I don't have enough storage for it period and I was like looking for another storage container or whatever but like I didn't really want to spend money so anyway I had all of these primed and assembled models sitting on my games table and it was just getting like really out of hand along with a whole bunch of other junk and um when we were at this tournament that we we mentioned the battle companies tournament when we were leaving um, <clears throat> Adam had a empty box of the Pelennor Fields set, yep. and I don't know if you're like me, but you know, like the old Games Workshop like core boxes were so cheap, right? Like they were made of like really thin cardboard that was kind of like folded over just to form form a sure. box, so yep. no durability at all. Whereas the new boxes for s stuff they have, at least for Pelennor Fields, anyways. Um, it's like a really solid box and like, I'm like holding this box and I'm like, can I have this box? And he's like, yeah, take it. And I'm like, this is a really good box. And I know I have another one of these at home. So mm -hmm. I actually ended up doing a little project where I sort of made that box into a storage container. And like, what I like to do is have like smaller containers that are sort of almost project boxes. Yep. Um, so what I did was I, I measured it all out and had like a big sheet of cardboard that I got from work and I cut up like nine containers basically and glued them all together and whatnot. And so they fit perfectly inside that Pelinor Fields box. So they fit in snug and you can put the lid on. So there's nine different containers in there. And then... I'm just going to use them for storage, like for models when they're at home. So I just put my models in there and I can take an individual container out of that box if I want. Uh, but anyway, I had I did put some pictures up on our Facebook group of it just because it was like a little hobby project that I was working on. So I did, I did that twice because I had two of those Pelliner Fields boxes and they actually end up holding a lot of models. So... Um, that is going to be very helpful for me. So now my Blood Bowl team, my Black Orc Blood Bowl team, along with over 100 MESVG models <laughs> that I have assembled and primed um, so far this year are now in those boxes waiting to have paint applied to them. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, that was one of the things I did. I also finished off my... Um, terrain piece that I was making the for the defend the gate scenario for that same battle company tournament. I don't remember if I actually put up a picture of the finished product on the Facebook page. I should probably do that. Yeah, I don't remember seeing. I know you posted a picture of the camp, which was really cool as well. And I yeah. actually got to play on both those tables, so it was it was pretty neat. Yeah. But uh yeah, getting stuff primed is has been my last couple months primed yeah. and, and built like it's too cold to do anything outside so you just build models yeah yeah that's like i've had a whole bunch of stuff my latest stuff that i've been working on i've i've had it ready to prime but it's just been like it's been below zero for the last little while so i've been waiting and 
today, last few days has been warmer and today it was like, oh, it's like 12 degrees. Okay, let's go out to the shed and get this stuff primed. So it's doing the old zenithal prime yeah. with the with the rattle cans. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky with what I have because I just have like a little airbrush spray booth and I just stick the exhaust thing out the window and yeah. I can prime and paint anytime I want. Yeah, that's that's a bonus. That's for, that's a bonus for sure. Yeah, what I was doing was I was because I have so many like half collected, half done armies. Like a couple of them were uh, Rohan and Lothlorien. Like early on when we started playing, I I was sort of collecting both of them a little bit. Sure. Um, and what I ended up doing at one point was I kind of made a. I just painted up all my Rohan warriors on foot and I ran a couple of, I think I took it to two tournaments. I just had a big army of foot Rohan essentially. Um, and same thing when we started, I was, I was doing Galadrum and back in the old edition, I, I was trying to do the, you know, dwarves with like elf spears behind kind of yeah. shenanigans and never really took to it. Um, so all that stuff was kind of just sitting around. I never really did much with my Galadrum, but now that they have the defenders of Helm's Deep, I'm like, this is like a viable army. And I tend to, I tend to focus on infantry armies for some reason. So I'm like, well, I got, I think I have like the majority of all of the figures I need for this stuff. So I went down and started opening boxes and sure enough, I, I had a whole bunch of, primed and assembled Galadrum, uh, like archers and spearmen. I probably mostly needed the archers and whatever. So, so I've been working on them to get them put together so I can get stuff painted and, and field another actual legendary legion. So, um, I still haven't, still haven't built or painted the new, um, Theoden model either. So that's, that's going to happen now as well. Yep. Everybody's got their pile of shame. Oh yeah, yeah. Mine is—I don't know—it's a big pile of shame, but I like collecting the models. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't throw away my stuff or sell it or trade it. Not very much, anyways. The occasional thing, but. Yeah, you and I are opposite with that. I'm just like, I'm done with this. Get it out of my face. <laughs> well, you're like Drew, right? You only have so much room in your apartment for storage. I have a little bit more space. Yeah. So. But now what I'm doing is when I'm looking for space, I'm getting rid of st other stuff, like not MESBG stuff. I'm like, okay, here's a couple board games that I haven't played for like 10 years. Okay, they're gone. Yeah, get them out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I've been doing too, I started listening to, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, and there's another podcast called The Tolkien Professor. I don't know if you've ever listened to it or not. Um, I not. It, it's absolutely like nothing to do with the game. It's strictly about um, the literary side of, of Tolkien, all of his works and, and whatever. And I guess the guy is like an English professor and I forget his name, but uh, I've started listening to that, um, really enjoying it so far. Um, I'd really recommend it if you're if you're into the, the lore of Tolkien and um, he's, been doing it for years this guy 
and like he has something like 450 episodes out so it's like huge backlog of yeah stuff you can listen to and right now he's doing a series um sort of aimed at the the amazon tv series i guess okay yeah so the rings of power or whatever it's called yeah yeah so i started listening to that and um I was thinking, you know, it's like I don't know if uh, if you've ever listened to the uh, the Friendship Onion, the podcast with Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd. I have. Um, so if if anybody out there is is has a passing interest in either of those things, um, what I would recommend is if you go on the Friendship Onion, if you find that podcast, um, they actually interviewed the Tolkien professor. And it was a two-part episode, really good. Um, so it'll kind of give you a taste of like both podcasts because they interview the one guy on the other podcast. Um, so if you're interested in trying out either of those to see what they're like, I'd, I'd recommend giving those two episodes on the Friendship Onion uh, a chance. And they're fairly recent, so you wouldn't have any trouble finding them. Um Okay, that's yeah. something to look at. I started out listening to the Friendship Onion because I really like both those guys, um, and I still drop in every once in a while and listen to an episode here or there. But um, it is uh, pretty heavy with the advertising on that podcast, and like they're both funny guys. Like it's kind of a comedic sort of podcast, but they too they do tend to get like a little. A little silly at, at times so gotcha. um if you're not into that then it's it may not be for you but anyways I, I like both those podcasts although i don't listen to all of the friendship onion but anyway all right well let's move on to our main topic and we'll come back and talk all about a battle company's tournament All right, we're on to the main segment. Let's talk about, but I got an idea. You remember back in the day when you and I were on the OSBGL YouTube channel and yep. we used to do our little show together on there? Yeah, it was like a tournament recap. Yeah, and it was called Our Adventures in Middle Earth. So I think when you and I do a main topic it's going to be kind of about us going to a tournament or us playing in like a campaign or whatever so yeah. it's going to be kind of our adventures in middle earth so i think when you and i do a main topic we should call it our adventures in middle earth like we used to on the youtube thing yeah i like that idea bring back the uh nostalgia yeah sure let's do that all right let's talk about and garrett what are we going to talk about battle companies and all things companies of battle. Right on. We're going to talk about a tournament that we went to, a battle companies tournament. And I think this was the only the second battle company tournament that we've had, I believe, in our league. Is that right? Um, I'm pretty sure. Actually, yes, it is. Because the last one that was run was run by Adam as well. Yeah. And it was well before COVID. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe... 2018 i'm just throwing a wild guess out there yeah i think it was early 2018 
something was, like that. So yeah, a long right time coming book. for the second uh, Battle Companies tournament. But uh, this was also held at the same place we held our previous tournament at, which is Critical Hit Gaming in Oshawa, Ontario. A really nice venue. Um, and didn't have quite as many people signed up. There were 20 people signed up for the previous event, and not all of them showed up. This time, being battle companies, there's a few left. Less, uh, there were, was it 10 or 12? I think it was 12. Um, yeah, it was close to that. I think it was 12. 12 was the number. 12 was the number. Yeah, because there must have been at least six tables. Um, well, he had us, he had us broken down into pods of, for but essentially he divided the field of players into two mm-hmm. and sort of those two groups of people played each other for the whole tournament so if you were in the same group as somebody you would never play that person and so like the the way that it was set up it was like not a swiss system it was just that you you rotated through your uh, opponents in a set order regardless of what their record was so um, again this is like an 80 point tournament in our league so um, doesn't have to be like a competitive swiss style setup yeah it was it was actually it was two groups of a and b um, but it turned out that there wasn't enough people in each group to play all six games without playing everybody in your group and then going on to a second time right so adam had to do a little bit of uh um organizer magic for the last two games (laughs) yeah to make sure that he was putting people that hadn't played each other together yeah Um, which is fine i mean you had to do a little like finagling there but that's cool no big deal like you say it's a non-competitive event so i don't really care like i could have played the same person again and it wouldn't matter to me yeah yeah um but we went into the tournament with already we had some starting influence and we had some starting xp so why don't you just fill us in on that garrett uh yeah so basically the only battle company that was banned was the rangers of the north i believe is their name yeah uh, and it's because they're really good um right out of the right out of the box um but uh we played like a normal battle company but your three heroes started with five experience each. So you got to roll for their first upgrade uh, before the first game started. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, it was nice. Because then it, it kind of gives your guys a little bit of an edge up, right? We've played battle companies a lot, and it sometimes takes a little while to get things yeah. rolling. It's it's um, like almost starting with like a game or two under your belt. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we also had five influence to uh, spend on our warband. Yeah. I think the two of us went into the day thinking we were going to roll for a reinforcement off the bat. Yeah. But uh, it turned out that we weren't allowed to do that for the first five. Like, we had to spend it on upgrades. Yeah, you could um, either hold on to it or you could spend it on upgrades. You weren't allowed mm-hmm. to go into game one with an extra reinforcement. Yeah, which was good, because then it kind of, again, made everything a even playing field. Yeah, yeah. So, it was good that way. Um, yeah, that was that was it. Um, played six games and had fun. The other thing, too, was that he had changed a couple of the Battle Company rules. Mm-hmm. Um, one was that warriors in the main rulebook, they can only get 
one point of experience in a game for getting a, a like a knockout or inflicting a wound. Yes. So he had changed it to, I believe, three. He did, yeah. So warriors could get um, a maximum of three experience from kills, yeah, rather than the one, right? Um, and then they got two for playing, I believe. That was another thing that got changed. Yeah, he got like the part like participated in the game instead of getting one. Everybody got two, so you yeah. had your XP increase uh, a little bit each game. And he did the same, I believe, for the influence. I believe everybody was getting in like an additional influence every game as well. Yeah, it was three base. If you tied, you got four. And if you won, you got five. Right. And I, I don't know how much more that is than, than the base game. It's like one or two more per game anyway. I think it is, yeah. But it, it, it kind of um, goes with that getting the roll right off the bat. Yeah. It helps speed things up because if it was just a basic right out of the book tournament i think it would be really stale yeah not too sure if that really worked a hundred percent because i found by the end of the tournament that your battle company was like increasing at a really an exponential rate by by the end but we'll we'll get there when we when we get to the end and talk about that a bit Okay, were those the only changes to the rules he had, or was there something else? No, there was a change to the injury and death Oh, right, right. So if somebody was injured, you could spend two influence after the game to... Like, if they were going to miss a game, you could spend two to make them not miss a game. Mm -hmm. And if somebody died, you could spend three to keep them. So like there's no there's no getting rid of a like an arm wound or a leg wound but if you get a miss next game you can you can bring your guy into the game by just paying two. I believe that's the way it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing with battle companies for in a tournament setting like there's certain parts about it that just don't fit well with like a typical tournament and that is like if you have a terrible game and you get like a whole bunch of guys knocked out and missing next game you know you can go into the next game against someone that has 10 guys in their battle company and you have like three guys or yeah <laughs> or something it's crazy yeah you don't want to have that you get a lot of re-rolls but uh yeah yeah it was uh um okay what about the missions so we weren't rolling for missions uh in this tournament so like it typically in a tournament like everybody plays the same mission every like so if it's round one everybody plays like plunder the camp or whatever but in in this tournament we we did that a little bit differently we did so adam had uh i believe it was six tables Mm -hmm. um I only ended up playing on five of them. I played on one of the tables twice. Yeah, it was the same with me. Wasn't a big deal, but um, yeah, he had six tables, which was nice. And he had scenarios for every table, so he was able to um, set up the terrain to accommodate that mission. Right. Because some of the missions are like kind of dependent on specific terrain. Very specific, yeah. Like yeah. I actually brought two of the tables myself. Um, one was plunder the camp. So I think I mentioned this before, 
uh, on the podcast, like I had worked on a terrain piece, which is a 12 inch diameter camp because in battle companies two at least two of the missions call for a 12 inch diameter camp. So I had made a camp with like mostly 3d printed terrain, like tents and campfires and, you know, all different kind of things like that. Um, so I had brought that for that table and then there's another one defend the gate. So I had, uh, made up a, a dwarven gate to use for that and i posted pictures of that on our facebook page uh i don't think i ever posted the final or the finished product though i should put that up yeah both of them were really nicely done um i played on both tables so oh, i appreciated what you did um the dwarf one was pretty cool because it's like the entrance to a dwarven hold kind of yeah yeah it's like the so, front door <laughs> yeah it was really cool and then he had stand your ground, and that yep. was a big Amon Hen terrain piece. Yeah, basically somebody had created Amon Hen, and Adam used that as the stand your ground portion. Yeah, and that was, how do you, it wasn't like a modular terrain. It was like a fully shaped hill with, you know, st static grass, and, you know, it was it was a really, like, it was like a display board style table yeah i think it was like if you measured it it was probably 24 inches diameter the piece of terrain i mean like the hill part of it yeah like the whole thing the one singular piece took up most of the three, oh, by three yeah, table. yeah like it was ma mainly the hill of amon hen yeah mm -hmm. and i don't think we mentioned too they had reduced the size of the tables to three by three because yeah. of it being battle companies and also just to speed things up a little bit yeah yeah it was good i like the smaller table for battle company. yeah definitely so that was three of the missions they also had claim the treasure i'm trying to remember which one of these i didn't play because there's one of them i didn't play i think i played that one uh there was kill the messenger and lastly there was recovery but we can talk about those tables when we get mm -hmm. to our games and i guess lastly in terms of like the tournament structure um there was a whole bunch of awards that you could win and people that won these awards essentially got prizes right and yep. so the straightforward one was the grand general who's the most wins so that's kind of where the placing was determined based on your win-loss sort of thing. So in terms of our league, that's, you know, standard scoring, like first, second, third was, ba was based on that. But they had a whole bunch of other awards. I guess they had five other awards, and it all depended on your battle company. So, for example, uh, the first one was the Ravaging Horde, which was the highest battle company rating mm -hmm. at the end of the tournament. Um, the Broken which was, I believe that was the injury one. So the person, the player whose battle company suffered the most number of injuries. Yep. Uh, the Undaunted. He who has won the most challenges. And what was this one again? Um, there was like an unspoken thing throughout the tournament where your um, leader, whatever they're called, the sergeant. No, yeah. it's not sergeant. It's the... Uh, Lieutenant leader. or lieutenant, whichever. Yeah. Um, if your leader killed their leader in combat, 
you marked that down, and mm-hmm. you also got a might point back that you had spent earlier in the battle. Right. There was so that's three. So there was also the bruiser, mm-hmm. which was. Um, I don't believe this. This was for the player who knocked out the most number of enemies, correct? Yeah. yeah. So then, like knockouts, not kills or injuries. Yeah. And then the last one was the wise, which was the character who earned the most experience. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about what we ended up playing, like because for me, I was like I love battle companies, like I like battle companies more than I like MESBG, but like you never get a chance to play battle companies. It's like, you know, ninety five percent regular MESBG, five percent battle companies is kind yeah. of the, the ratio of games. But um, I was really thinking a lot about what battle company to bring, so. You know, I had it down to sort of Dunland, Wargriders, Isengard, or Moria Expedition, Dwarves. And eventually I decided on Isengard, mostly because it's competitive, like in early campaign in uh, battle companies, and I wouldn't have to really do any painting. Um, I wanted to do Moria Expedition, but in, in a tournament setting, it's just not nearly as competitive as as Isengard. Um, like Isengard doesn't have cavalry, but you start with really good infantry. Yeah. Um, you don't. You have fight four and strength four. So those two stats in like an experience gaining style game, it's very important because you're already there, right? Yeah, fight four is super important because a lot of people don't have fight four on the warriors, right? Because a lot of battle companies are just warriors that you're saying are your leader and your sergeants exactly yeah right and and most of them only have fight three so starting off with fight four is really important yeah um what did you end up taking i took the old uh trusty army of the dead army of the dead same army that you took to the mesbg yeah. tournament uh, like we the there. reasoning for it was is painted and I had all of the models that I could roll on the reinforcement chart. Right. Like the big thing for every battle company you look at, there are charts, and if you don't have models painted up to to take, if you roll that, it's kind of bad, right? Cause, yeah, it gets complicated, especially mm-hmm. like you know, in in terms of. Um, how how do you put this like deciding whether a battle company or a faction is is good or bad or enjoyable to play or whatever i always say like you know you need a special chart and you know the more variety in the special chart the better it is because you have a more interesting battle company as a result but when you're going to a tournament it just means that you need to bring like four times as many models because Mm -hmm. you know like mordor for example they have like orcs in their regular thing and then in their special chart it's probably like five or six different units that that you can get there so it's like oh my god you gotta bring so many more miniatures um okay so i went with isengard you went with uh army of the dead um and right away we ended up rolling on paths for our heroes so what what paths did you take for your for your three heroes 
so for my leader, I took warrior. Um, for my first sergeant, I took warrior, and then I took adventurer for the third warrior or the mm-hmm. third guy. Right um, on. I ended up also going with warrior. It's kind of the it's kind of the default path. I think you, you pretty well put one guy into warrior. And I went with Ranger just because in Isengard you have crossbows, so crossbow slash expert shot, really good combination. And I was really stuck on my last choice. Uh, I was thinking about uh, either Sorcerer, Scout, or General. And normally I always go with General, so I decided to do something different. Um, And I ended up going with the Scout. I didn't think the sorcerer would really perform well in the the tournament setting as like that path um, develops very slowly. Uh, I kind of think the sorcerer needs a second look when they eventually get around to writing a new edition um, just because I think it's a little weak compared to the other paths. Um, Mostly because it's really hard to get kills with the sorcerer like you can influence the combat with your with your spells and and whatnot and sure you can give them a bow say so they can get kills but you know they're not like a a ranger or any of the other classes which will like actually aggressively go out and knock out other models like sorcerers just don't do that so you know they develop slow as it is and then they don't get a lot of xp either because they're not getting kills yeah you can still, I guess you could run into, you just don't get the attacks to get the kills, though. No. Like, because you're, most of the things are spell-focused on what you get an upgrade for. Yeah. I agree. We had talked about it in the car ride there, and I was thinking about taking Sorcerer for my third character. And ultimately, I changed my mind to Adventure, um, mainly because of wanting to have the highest-rated battle company. I figured I could get... Uh, I could cheese it a little bit and, and get my guy higher experience-wise. Um, or not experience, but uh, what do you call that? Points-wise. Mm-hmm. In the end, if I was able to get like the attack or, or wound thing to boost the, the points of everything I had. but Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, it basically comes down to being able to do kills mm-hmm. in the game, right? And, and like not getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, for my third, I ended up going with the scout mostly because like I'd never actually played it that much. Um, I think I'd taken it once before in one of my battle companies, but it was he was always like very low level and never went anywhere after that. So plus I thought, you know what, I'll take a scout and I can use my alerts with the Urukai bow model for for that one. Yeah. Um, so it's like I actually have a hero model I can use for it. So so yeah, that was good. good option. So I was, basically use Vrasku for my ranger. I use Lurts with bow uh, for that. And then I just had the, for my sergeant, I used just like the Urukai captain with his arm straight up in the air, with his sword oh, okay. straight up in the air. Yeah, I just used Army of the Dead models. <laughs> right on. I didn't really convert anything for it. but No, uh, well, it wasn't. Yeah, like I, I didn't convert anything specifically for the tournament either. But Did, all right, well let's you want to go talk through about, our. Uh, oh, okay, we'll go through our stuff. Yeah, let's go through the our games a little bit and see see okay. how we did. So game one, what what table were you on and who'd you play? Um. So I guess 
I'll start by um, like the pre-event stuff. Sure. Um, for my five influence, I actually spent all five of it before the game started. Okay. Um, I gave my leader a horse, like a, a spectral steed, um, because I figured that would make him a lot more deadly. Um, and then I gave shields to the two models uh, in my group that didn't have them. So all of my guys were uh, defense eight with a shield, and two of them had well, spears. For for you too, it makes a lot of sense to do that because for one point, it's one point for shield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going from what defense seven to defense eight. Yeah. So like that's a huge bump right there. It is yeah. like especially in a again back to the um, using just straight warrior models. There's not a lot of strength four out there. Mm-hmm. So that that break from three to eight, or sorry, seven defense to eight defense, um, is really punishing on strength three models, and it actually turned out to be very helpful for me throughout the whole event, because um, it's hard for strength three models to wound defense eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I I ended up playing claim treasure, it was the mission. Okay. Um, against Josh, and he was playing Dunland. Yeah. Um, for my characters, when I rolled, all three of them got plus one strength or defense, and I went with the plus one strength for all three of them. Sure. So all my heroes were strength four, which is like, that's like super good, <laughs> especially when I'm wounding against courage. Yeah. Strength four just seemed like a, a better option than the nine defense. Now nine defense would have meant strength four guys need sixes by fours to wound me but yeah but i mean you already have like a ridiculously good defense anyway so you may yeah, as well go for this exactly strength. and in battle companies it's all about getting kills so yeah a higher defense isn't going to help that right so i played him on claim the treasure and i don't know the game was pretty much decided right off the bat because mm-hmm. i ran and grabbed three of the objectives with my three guys on foot. Yeah. And the next turn, he... Well, on that turn, he got a couple of them, and then I ran towards him, and he kind of... It was a bit of a cat and mouse at the beginning, but I ended up getting into a couple guys in combat and killing them with my general, like my leader. Right. And then he got panicked, and he's like, I don't want to lose my heroes the first yeah. game. Because he saw how quickly I was, I was able to defeat him, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it ended up that I, I ended up winning the game. Um, I got, a, I got six kills of his seven models. Like I basically wiped out almost his whole faction. Oh my god! I think he has six. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I get, the, I got the full five influence. What's the um, name of that special attack that the dead have again? Um. They're like Blade, tickle Blades fingers attack. Dead. Yeah, Blades of the Dead. Blades of the Dead, yeah. Yeah, so I can't do any special attacks, but uh, my strength wounds your courage, not your defense. Yeah. Brutal. Mm-hmm. Brutal. Okay, well, for me, what I did was I like I start with, I think, two guys with bow, three guys with shield, and two guys with nothing. So I took one of the guys that had nothing and okay he now has starts with five xp so i bought him a crossbow 
Um, so now he can take the path of the ranger and I also bought him heavy armor upgrade so that was three of my points and I rolled for my what do you call it promotion or I forget what you call those uh, my advance not advancement I know what you're talking about roll yeah, on the yeah. path your path roll so my very first roll right in front of my opponent Boom, expert shot, the very best one. Oh, and I'm like, the crossbow. Tournament in the bag. Yeah. This is going to be awesome, right? And then I spent my uh, my last two. I bought heavy armor for my warrior leader. And I actually forget what I spent my last one on. I think I might have kept it in the bank. I think I kept it in the bank so that I would have an extra... Uh, influence for f the next time. Oh, okay. And I ended up playing Stand Your Ground, which was the Ammon Hen table. Yeah. And we rolled, and I was the defender. And I was playing against Sam, who had Thranduil's Halls. And I think he had only five models, I think. He had less than me right. anyway. And I had seven, and I start like on the objective, and it's essentially stand your ground is kind of like hold ground in MESBG. It's like the the guy with the most models in the end, uh, in yeah. the middle wins. And it started off rough because like he had archery and he shot like really early and knocked out one of my guys like with I think one of the first shots of the game, and then you know charged up to the hill. He had a guy on a horse killed another one of my guys and i'm like oh my god this is gonna go bad real quick and uh but fortunately for me after that it was i was able to slowly grind them down mm -hmm. and i ended up knocking out several of his models i lost at least two knocked out and but because i had more than him to start i was able to sort of battle of attrition him kind of kind of down and ended sort of up pushing him out of the the circle and the game ended and i had more in the middle so you know it okay. was it wasn't a dramatic win but it was a win okay um what did you spend your uh influence on um i didn't write all this down exactly what i spent my stuff on <laughs> yeah, like, okay generally i was uh, spending it on reinforcement rolls wherever yep. I could. And I was buying shields for the guys that don't have shields or like an Urukai bow for guys that don't have bows. Like generally that's all what my expenditures were on was either like a reinforcement roll or like a, a piece of gear. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I, I forgot to mention for me, um, I spent three to roll on my chart. Uh, I got a two, which is just a basic uh, warrior with yeah. nothing, um, and I paid another one to give him a shield. So I had one left over after that. Um, I also got enough kills and experience with my leader to roll, and I got Battle Master or Blade Master. Mm -hmm. I think it's Blade Master. Um, for his first upgrade, but uh, when I was playing against Josh, like his first rolls were crazy. His general rolled and got the um, the 
the general chart. Inspiring like presence. Yeah, he got that on his first roll. I only know this because I eventually played against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was really good with that. Um, but he so that one is the six-inch banner, right? Yeah. Counts as a six-inch banner. Exactly. And then one of his other heroes that he picked with the two-handed weapon actually rolled the burly special rule. Oh my gosh. Deadly strength. Yeah. From the path of the warrior, so yeah. it worked out really good in his uh, in his favor for it. Yeah, but, that's uh, a couple of really good rolls. Good start for him, but I, I still managed to crush yeah. it. Yeah, I forget I did get an extra guy, uh, and I forget what I got exactly, but let's just say I added another guy to my warband, so I was up to eight. Sure. Okay, game good. two. Yeah, game two. Um, I played Plunder the Camp. That was my terrain. Yeah, against okay. uh, Michael Campbell, uh-huh. who was playing dwarves. He was. And I was the defender. Okay, nice. Yeah, so we rolled off and I ended up... So that mission, the way it works, I believe there's five tokens and the attacker has to come in and light them on fire. Yeah. And I forget the win condition, but it's like if you have more than half of them on fire, you win the game, something like that. Yeah, I think if you're the attacker and you burn four of them, you win. Um, something like that. You had to, you had to, yeah. There's five of them, and you, you had go to on. I'll look it up. Burn more of them, but um, he actually played really well with that mission, and he he did like a huge group on one side of the table, and then he put his two archers on the other side, and. Yeah. I went to go after the archers at the beginning and he kind of ran them off into the distance and I said, okay, well, you're going to be a while before you get back here. And I thought, well, I'll just send my guys back to fight against the other group of stuff and hopefully wipe them out quickly and it just didn't happen. And it all came down to him having uh, fight four mm -hmm. and shields. Cause so basically, who ended up winning? Well, he, he won the game. I lost. Um, but it was because his guys could shield and get that six, and I couldn't win the combat. Yeah, yeah that's the frustrating thing with fight yeah. three. And because I couldn't do that, it allowed his guys to sneak in the camp behind me. <laughs> and he, he wasn't very good at rolling to set stuff on fire. Like, I think it might have rained the night before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but eventually he did end up getting the the stuff to catch on fire and... Um, I ended up taking out, like, I think everybody but one of his guys, or maybe I even killed all of his models by the end, because the game doesn't end till 25%, I believe, and, uh, oh, maybe one of his guys ran away. You were was... right, by the way, the attacker wins if at least four objectives have been satellite, mm -hmm. if it's three, it's a tie, and if it's less than three, a okay. defender wins. So... I racked up seven kills that game. Wow! With my with my team, and it was all my heroes. Yeah. My my like my normal guys got hardly any kills all tournament. It's just because my heroes, especially my general. My general is like a um machine, but uh, I did end up killing his general with my general. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. So that counted for the the one prize. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the the uh, that was one of the things. Whoever had the most of those, um, I lost. I'm just looking at my notes. 
I spent three influence on a roll and got a Rider of the Dead by spending the extra nice. one that I had from before. It's all right. Yeah. And so my, that's pretty good for a loss anyway. Yeah, well, all three of my heroes got upgrades because of all the kills that they got. I got uh, Heroic Strike on my leader. Um, my other fighter got Blade Master, which is like crazy. What does that do? Uh, allows you to reroll one die in combat. Oh, that's really good, yeah. Yeah, it's like that guy personal has banner. a yeah, personal banner. And then uh, my third hero with the spear and shield got plus one fight value, which is really good because he can hide in the back and uh, contribute fight uh, four. Yeah, for sure. So, I can't believe you wrote all this down. Really thorough notes. Good job. Oh, well, for the first four games, I had really thorough notes, but then the games <laughs> went very quickly for the last two, so I don't have as thorough for those. <laughs> I still I still wrote down the main points, though. Well, you, you got me beat there anyway. So uh, I, I think we're going to have to do some like Excel spreadsheet for this <laughs> just to make it easier because like, a lot of it was spent me writing down the names of my heroes and stuff Yeah, yeah. over and over again, so... Uh, for me, game two, I played Claim the Treasure, and I was playing against a guy named Kevin, who was also playing Isengard. Okay, yep. Yeah. yeah, so the way that this game went was um, there are six objectives, and you're allowed to pick them up and move them around like light objects, and the winner is whoever ends up with the most objectives, essentially. Yeah. And so it started out where Kevin and his team went and grabbed the three objectives that were closest to him, and my guys went and grabbed the three objectives that were closest to me. And there was like a little raised platform sort of in my deployment area, if you will. And okay. so I set my ranger up on top of there, and I thought, this is perfect. My ranger's going to stay up here, and he'll just like snipe guys like all yeah. game long and pick up like a boatload of experience. Well, didn't happen my awesome expert shot crossbow guy has shoot four and he was just not doing anything like I, he was probably up there for four turns shooting and i was getting hits but no wounds and then i'd like miss twice and just oh. terrible so like in the end i was like the heck with this come down off that thing and just like charge forward like what i ended up doing was he came down and i I ran my other guys that had gathered. He had one of the objectives, and the other two guys sort of ran to him and handed him the objectives. So he had all three of my objectives, mm. and then he got into um, a, a firing position, but on the ground, while the rest of my army ran forward. Oh, okay. And, you know, Kevin kind of did the same thing, and I forget if it was my my ranger or if it ended up being my scout, but I did end up doing some shooting wounds. Like one of his guys had two wounds, and I think I took him out with shooting. I know I took out his first point uh, wound with, with shooting, but I did take that guy out. Um, my ranger's name, by the way, is Deadeye. Nice. And... Um, we kind of ran into the center and just had a big old fight in the center and he had one of his guys with two of his objectives on and i killed that guy or knocked him out yeah and you know at some point the game ended and like i had knocked out a couple more guys than he had knocked out of mine and 
the last kill I got, I think, was the guy that was holding two of his objectives. So he was no longer holding them at the end of the game. Mm. So that gave me gave me the win, and uh, I got would it have been five influence? Yep. Yeah. So I got five influence. I had one saved up. So I rolled to get a reinforcement and I believe I rolled a five and so I bumped it to a six I paid one extra influence rolled on the special chart got a berserker and I'm like yes yeah I think I showed up to your table just as you were rolling that and yeah saw that you rolled the berserker which is nice it's always good and then again I probably bought somebody a shield or a bow or or something Heavy like armor that or something yeah so now I was up to nine models and feeling pretty good about my my warband. Uh, I forget what happened in terms of upgrades, um, but you know my guys were steadily rolling for upgrades um, through the uh, through the tournament. Um, my next upgrade I got for my my crossbow guy was the I, I got you shall taste man flush, which I believe is the um, faction special rule so I must have rolled something I didn't like and okay. I took that instead but anyway I also ended up giving this guy poison arrows and my other two heroes both got poison blade poison as well at some point oh okay yeah yeah it's always good to, like poison arrows is really good on a crossbow oh for sure and so is blade poison anything that allows you to reroll even one yeah like when you're strength four, it's like what's well, what is it sixteen and a half percent or sixteen point three percent or something that you get to reroll. It's really good. So oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, the thing I also like about that is it's one point and it doesn't scale up as your guy gets better or stronger or you know like a lot of the other ones are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get like a combined wound or attack of three or more it goes to a higher point value it's not the way with blade poison or arrow poison it's just one yeah so it seems really good okay let's go on to game three so i'm two wins you're one and one yep uh game three for me was defend the gate okay Uh, i played against uh, a new guy that i hadn't played before named sean who is playing um rohan I don't know if I said Michael was playing uh, dwarves. Dwarves, he did, yeah. Okay. Um, he's just playing like the straight dwarf faction, not the. Uh, the I believe it's ring. called Durin's Folk and yeah. Battle Companies. Yeah, those guys. Um, but he was playing Rohan. Um, I ended up attacking the gate, and I set in. Uh, it was kind of like. I was playing out my battle company tournament as like a RPG style thing. So I was trying to come up with a narrative for my team. And my first game was Claim the Treasure, which uh, I claimed a bunch of treasure. And then I set up camp and was ambushed by some filthy dwarves who, who ended up burning all of my stuff. So I went to attack their homeland because I was attacking the Dwarven Gate, right? So it was pretty pretty cool to add that little bit of a narrative thing to it, which we both like to do. So um, I won the game. A, what happened? I killed his general with my general again. Um, my general was a, a rock star that game. I killed five, or knocked out five models with just him. And this was after I attempted to 
uh, heroic combat off of his general. Like I charged his general, tried to heroic combat kill him, and then go into other stuff. Failed. The next turn, he surrounded me with like six guys. Because all of his guys, oh, the other thing is, all of his guys automatically pass courage checks the whole game. So, so much for my terror. Yeah, really. It meant, it meant nothing. So his guys surrounded my general, and I forget what it was. It was something like four guys, and he could not kill my general. He just So, like, like the passing courage is, is a special rule in that, yeah, for the mission. In that scenario. It's called let nothing through. Models from the Defender's Battle Company automatically pass all courage tests they are required to make. Yeah. So my entire faction causing terror didn't matter. Yeah. Because he was trying to defend the homeland. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was crazy. I can't believe my hero just, like, ran through all of his guys, like my, my leader. Yeah. Um it was it was it was crazy. That was a that was the turning point or the the point in the tournament where it was like defense 8 really punishes strength 3. Yeah. Because I think I lost two models that game and it was because of lucky rolls or he spent might on a bow shot to to cause it to kill him. Yeah, cuz you need sixes by fours. Three Correct. versus eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was absolutely That's crazy. Rough. Um so yeah, my my leader got five kills and then um my second hero got two and my third got one. Um so I won the game. I got five influence. Um the oh, I didn't say that I uh I spent influence. Oh no I did. I said I got influence and got a rider of the dead. Mm-hmm. Well this game, the rider of the uh got knocked out and he actually died no way so i just got him and then he died the next game so i just spent three of the influence to stop that from happening (laughs) and i think i had one left over from the game before and i bought a horse for my second hero good investment three cavalry models at that point yeah yeah um my leader got enough experience from the other two games in this one to get two rolls on his chart Mm-hmm. Um, which gave him plus one fight and plus one courage, which was kind of like a eh. Um, both of my other heroes, one got plus one fight and plus one wound, so now all three of my heroes all had fight four, strength four. Nice. And my spear hero had another wound, which was good. It's one of the underrated things in battle companies is giving Mm -hmm. your guys extra wounds. Like, it's like it would always be the first thing I would want, probably. But it seems like you can go the whole tournament or and not get an additional wound. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was good. Um, Yeah, that was it. At that point, cool. um, I wasn't able to actually roll for another um, in like an upgrade. Because my character, my my rider had died. If I hadn't have lost him, mm-hmm. I probably would have rolled one more time. Um, but that's where that three influence for allowing a, th- a model not to die came in. Yeah, and it was good. I think I think my opponent had like I forget what it was. He he got a bunch of influence because he had rerolls, but um, or my my company rating was higher than his, so mm-hmm. he got the extra influence for that. 
but he just ended up spending it to make it so his guys didn't permanently uh, permanently die because I think two of his normal um, warrior models actually die died so cool. it was it's pretty crushing crushing defeat <laughs> I got uh, eight kills that game or eight knockouts nice he did so well it's like army of the dead just m- murders people <laughs> and the ghosts infiltrated the dwarven stronghold we did yes yeah for me a game three i i played plunder the camp which was the one you had played the previous round yep yeah and i played uh Chaudi, and he was playing iron hills yep so he was going to be the attacker and I was the defender. I had more guys than him, but of course he had a bunch of guys on goats. So I was kind of worried. He had one guy. I think he just had a Matic and he set him up kind of off to one side by himself. So I thought I'm going to like, I have two models over there and one of them's a hero. I'm going to run outside the camp and try to kill that guy and run back. And I ended up doing that. I like I ran out, fought him for a round or two, killed him, and ran back. Um, that was pretty much the only thing that went my way, um, oh. because like he was like charging in, um, knocking my guys down with his goats and and killing me. You know, in in some instances, like I held out or I shielded and kept him off me, but essentially i think the way like the the knockout part of it went was i had knocked out that one guy and i had also taken out two of his goats and i had lost five models knocked out wow yeah so it was just like horrible and you know he was the game was gonna end soon because i was losing guys really quickly Mm -hmm. and i i said to him i said just so you know um, because this one here, let me just look at the rules. I forget if it's 50%, um, the game ends on a one or two. So I said, just so you know, if I lose one more model, um, I'll be below 50%. And we'll have to start checking the following round to see if the game ends. And he's like, yeah, okay. And so that was me sort of telling him like, you know, you probably want to like let off the gas a little and <laughs> yeah. light some things on fire because he hadn't sure. lit anything on fire. But he just like threw all his guys into combat, like just like massacred me again for yeah. another round. And I'm like, okay, I'm broken. So like next turn, we're going to check to see if the game ends. And, you know, I forget what happened on the next turn, but we checked and the game ended. And he still hadn't lit a single thing on fire. So even though he completely mauled my battle company, wow. he didn't light anything on fire because he was so eager just to massacre me. Uh, yep. I won the game miraculously. Yeah. Right? And when I, I had five guys, at least five guys knocked out, I rolled for all of my guys and I ended up only with one guy that was going to miss the game or whatever so i paid two i think for him because he didn't die i just paid two to bring him back but one of my guys the heroes that was injured rolled wounds of a hero or whatever it is and you roll a d6 and you get additional influence okay i think i rolled a five and i rolled for another reinforcement um i again i can't remember what i got i think it was probably uh urukai scout with shield and don't remember what I spent my other money on, but I've said some of the stuff that I've I've bought blade poison and oh, no shields stuff, yeah. and gear, whatever. 
So here's a question I have for you about that mission. Yeah. Um, in the rules, it says that you can't see more than six inches. Okay. So were you playing that he could charge you from further than six inches away? Um. Because honestly, technically I don't you remember. Shouldn't be, you shouldn't be able to because if you can't see, you can't. Yeah, charge, that's true. Right? That's true. So, but it's like at one point, you know, aside from the initial charge, yeah, we were all on the 12 inch diameter terrain piece. So like after the oh, initial okay. charge, like everybody's within six inches. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, even the initial charges, like he was coming onto the terrain piece and still not charging. So okay. I think all of his charges, he was probably within six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If but, you're on the train, it's basically that. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I I got smoked in that game, but got lucky on my rolls for <laughs> reviving people, and actually ended up winning the game. So I actually won three games in oh, a row. Okay. Nice. So yeah. I I was two wins and a loss, and you were three wins. That's right. So that was the first half. Yep. Um, game four, I played Chatty. And we played Kill the Messenger. Um, at this point, I only had two models that were capable of being the messenger. Mm -hmm. And I picked my Spearman, I think. Yeah. Um, it ended up being a tie because we both killed each other's messengers. Yeah. Um, but the... What happened... He, he failed a lot of courage checks to charge my guys mm -hmm. and because of that I didn't get wiped out super quick because one thing that I found is very devastating for my guys is mm -hmm. stuff that is fight for strike for and has war spears and can cavalry charge you yeah all stuff that helps you win the fight and do damage yeah and he's wounding my guys not on sixes by fours, but by on fives. Yeah, because brutal. Because it's, it's sixes because of the strength four, down down by one because he yeah. only needs a five to bump it up to a six, right, with a war spear. Yeah, yeah. Odds wise, that's just like a ridiculous increase. Yeah, he. I think he killed both of my non-hero models the first turn. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, my messenger is dead. Which is obvious because I had no none of those models left, right? Mm -hmm. But I managed to claw back and and kill his guys, and I think we killed each other to the man almost. Mm -hmm. Or no, I had three guys left, which were my heroes, because the game would have ended if I had lost another one. Yeah, and I think I I ended up finishing the game by killing his messenger, which he eventually brought into combat because he was getting so unlucky. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, I'm just I'm just trying to run some rudimentary mathematics in, in my in my mind, but mm -hmm. I'm struggling. I'm just trying to figure out the the increase in odds of going from sixes by fours to five plus, but it's it's huge. Well, five plus is like one in three. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, and 66? sixes by fours is. One and six, and then half. So, 
whatever that is. 16% times 50%. So like 8%, I think, is what it is. Uh-huh. If I had to... I don't know. This is where we need Drew. <laughs> yeah, Drew, we Drew will correct us, or Andrew will correct us. But um, it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That game, he kept failing yeah. all his courage checks. When we rolled for upgrades after, like all of his guys got like courage base upgrades. Oh, no way. Yeah, so his general got the courage bubble for mm-hmm. plus one courage for around him, and I think one of his other heroes got plus one courage. <laughs> it was hilarious. But he was... I think he failed seven courage checks. And, it, and he only needed... Because dwarves are courage four. Yeah. So he needed a six to pass, and he failed seven of, like, ten rolls. Oh, my God. Yeah, which allowed me to not be charged by war spears and uh yeah it was crazy yeah by the by the end of the tournament we kind of figured out uh how good goat riders were yeah well when you only pay two points for a goat it's <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty crazy so- okay so if our maths are correct the sixes by fours versus needing a five plus it goes from something like 8.33% chance of getting a wound yep. to 33%. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, our nap- that's like math. pretty dramatic. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was crazy at how effective those models are at killing yeah. mine. I, I was actually very afraid that game. I thought I was going to lose a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up losing three models, so they didn't die. They just got knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, I killed his messenger, he killed mine, we tied. Um, so, out of the four influence I got, I spent three on a new warrior mm-hmm. role, which was a guy with a shield. Uh, and then I had spent one more influence to give a two-handed weapon to my uh, newly mounted hero, because he rolled deadly strength on his upgrade. Which is burly. Which is burly. Yeah. Um, my leader got plus one might, and my spear hero got plus one might as well. Mm-hmm. So all three of my heroes got upgrade, and my noble steed mounted fighter Yord, who had died last game, is missing the next game after this game. Oh no! So I bought him for three. He died. I paid three to save him, <laughs> and then he was going to miss a game. And I said, "Do I spend?" the influence to keep him or just he misses the game and he ended up missing the game i said forget it so it was an expensive model yeah um but yeah that's so that's what i got i got plus well, one if might you spend on, all your influence on bringing guys back from injuries you'll never get any more guys yeah and he was just a basic warrior so yeah. i figured i i'd I'd be better off just buying a new guy and letting him sit out the game. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, like, I had basic warriors get, like, knocked out, miss a game, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I've, mm-hmm. you know, after after the third game, I was rocking, like, at least 10 guys every game, so. Yeah. You know. Well, after that game, with the newly uh, acquired skills in that, I was mm-hmm. almost 250 battle company rating. And I was wow. giving my opponents so many rerolls that I said, oh, you know what? It's actually beneficial for me this, to me to have this twenty-four point model yeah. not show up. Yeah. Because he's the potential of two extra rerolls just by himself. Yeah. If the numbers yeah, because you get a out. reroll and 
But you get a reroll and one influence extra for every 15 points of differential. Yeah, so like he, like I say, he was almost worth two extra just by himself. So yeah, yeah. I had him sit out for... Okay, I'll just blast through my game four because we're okay. starting to get some repeats here. So I actually played Defend the Gate, so the piece of terrain that I made, mm-hmm. the Dwarven Gate, and I actually played Michael Campbell, who was the Dwarven player that you played on Defend the Gate. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I played him on the camp one. Oh, you played on the camp one. Okay. Yeah. I played him on Defend the Gate, and unfortunately, it didn't work out theme-wise because I ended up being the defender. He was the attacker. Okay. So I know he went... He went out on a mission and came back, and a bunch of Urukai had like taken over his Dwarven Gate. Gotcha. Um, I had quite a few more models than him at this point. Like I think by now I was probably up to eleven models, and he had I think eight, maybe something like that. Yeah. And you know, without getting too much into it, he had two archers that sort of hung back and tried to shoot, and really didn't have much luck at all and the rest of his battle company moved up and you know i sent down probably like nine guys to fight his and it was hard because the dwarves you know um their defense is so high i had a difficult time getting any knockouts but it it was slow and one of his guys eventually sprinted to try to get up the stairs to the gate and like i had to I ended up doing a heroic combat and killing a guy and running back to to get that guy and eventually killed a bunch of dwarves, knocked them out. And um, by now I had one guy. One thing we didn't talk about, after game two and after game four, if you... I forget if it was if you won or everybody got to do it. You got to roll on a special chart for some special rewards. And I got something called, and after game two... I got an ancient dagger, which was you only ever need a five plus to wound with it, and it's worth either five slash ten in battle company mm-hmm. points. Um, so I had given that to my scout, i.e. Okay. alerts, and um, that probably came in handy versus the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my second game was against Michael, and he rolled like the shard, which is a. Uh once per game you can re-roll your uh, um, not initiative why am I thinking initiative um, priority priority roll yeah um, and Adam had set it up where you could if you won you got it for free to roll on this chart yeah or if you lost or tied you could not receive your influence to make a roll on the chart oh okay okay yeah, so there was a way everybody got to do it, but you had to give up influence to do it if you lost or tied. Sure, sure. So, um, so after this game, um, I I was getting steady upgrades, but like I said, I didn't write them all down. Um, I I probably got a fight increase for my warrior because he ended up with a fight six. Uh, I got heroic accuracy for my ranger, and I'm just reading some stuff off of my guy's charts. Mm-hmm. And I got, like, heroic defense for my scout. And then when I rolled for a reinforcement, I actually rolled... I spent points to get myself up under the special chart, and then I rolled a 1. And so I got a feral. So I didn't spend any more 
I didn't have enough money to boost it up to a berserker, and mm-hmm. you can only spend three in boosting your rolls on your, in- or your reinforcement charts. Okay. Um, so I just took the feral, and so I had a berserker and a feral at this point now as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think at, at the end of game four, I had six models, yeah. but one of them was missing a game. And at this point, I was actually four wins, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like, I'm doing well here. There's only going to be... At this point, we didn't even know if there was going to be a sixth game because of yeah. time. He was going to cancel the sixth game if we, if we were running long. Yeah. So And at this point, he was kind of like, are we going to play the sixth game or are we not playing it? And I was like 4-0, oh, and I'm like, oh my God. I'm in the territory, like dangerous territory of possibly winning my first ever tournament. Yeah, danger, Will <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> and I, I must have jinxed myself. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have had those thoughts go through my mind. Oh, you, you, you defeated yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we played game five. Um, regardless, that yeah, this is the point where, um, things got a little bit mixed up with who you're playing. Yeah. Um, so it didn't matter because we played people that we hadn't played before. Adam made sure that that happened. Yeah. But there was still the chance we could play on the table we'd already played, which it wasn't a big deal. Um, so I actually played Sam, the guy you played earlier. I played uh, him in game one, I believe. Yeah, on the same table that he had played you on oh, the yeah. uh, Stand Your Ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, another team that is very difficult for Dead of Dunharrow to fight against is Elves with High Courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it really showed me how difficult it is for people to wound stuff when you need more than like a three or a four. Yeah. Right? So my guys were on a tear for basically the first four games, and then we went up against elves who were like, we don't care about you. Yeah. Right? We don't care about how scary you are. It's like yeah. we've been beating up little kids afraid of the dark the whole tournament and then we go up against their parents they're like what are you doing get out of here yeah (laughs) that's why like when i play against um the dead of dunharrow with uh isengard is like berserkers are just like oh my goodness they are so bloody good against uh, against army of the dead because they're courage seven and they're Mm -hmm. fight four strength four yeah they're like we don't we don't care about ghosts (laughs) yeah you don't scare us um, it ended up being a tie. Uh, this is where my notes didn't weren't uh, as detailed. Yeah, it was a tie. Um, I think every one of the heroes got a, a wound. Mm-hmm. Um, I I got my four influence. I used three of it to buy a warrior with, or I buy a roll, and I got a warrior with a shield again. Yeah. My first two heroes got uh, either a strength or a defense again, but because it had already taken strength, they can't take it again. Mm-hmm. So they both got boosted to nine defense. Okay. And my spear hero got a courage. So it was kind of a eh or a meh game. Kind of a but, meh. But uh, I didn't lose, so I was happy. Cool. Uh, and yeah, two-handed, two-handed weapon with uh, Dead of Dunharo didn't really didn't really play out as well as I thought it was going to, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I still got it, so I may as well use it. I thought that was cool. Uh, yeah, so that was my game. Um, I didn't lose anybody, or no, and anybody that got knocked out didn't miss the game, so I was full strength going into game six. Nice. 
Yeah, for me, I played Kill the Messenger, which I think you said you already played. Yep. Which is essentially you pick one of your guys to be the messenger, and the other guy has to try to kill that guy, even though he doesn't know who it is. Yeah, well, it has to be a, uh, a warrior model. It can't be yeah, a hero. Yeah, it can't be a hero. So I ended up playing uh, Josh, which yes. was the Dunlin guy that you had previously played. And lo and behold... What does he now have as part of his team? A Crabane, which is not a hero. And I'm like, oh my god, it's like basically impossible for me to win if he just wanted to keep that guy out of the game. Um, But to his credit, he did not do that. Um, And I had given my my guy that was the messenger oh and just before we get into it um so this is game five at the end of game four the special thing that i was able to roll on the chart and get was a free reinforcement roll so i actually rolled and i got an urukai warrior with shield not a scout oh okay and then i also rolled just with influence and i i had gotten like another bowman so i added two guys to my my team that after game four but anyway, we both had big battle companies. And uh, this Kerbane thing was going to be my downfall. So I figured, well, we'll play it out. Maybe I'll get lucky. And I gave my messenger was just like an Urukai archer, and I kept him sort of back. And both of our guys lined up real close to each other because you can start like face-to-face in this. Yeah. And, like, I tried to... I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll set up a heroic combat right on the end of his line and try to take out two or three guys right away in in turn one. And so, like, I ran in with my hero and a couple other guys, trapped a guy, did the heroic combat, killed him, peeled off that, went into other fights... And then in all the other fights, it was just a push or he killed me or something. And I was like, Ugh. oh, wow. Just, it just didn't work out. And uh, he had his like burly warrior with his two-handed weapon. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's just going to plow through me. And I ended up, I had a guy over there that was just the entire game. He was shielding against him. And who was it? It was, I think I had a guy with two attacks. Is that possible? Anyway, I was just shielding against that guy the entire game, and I held out. But the thing that killed me in that game was my rolling wasn't hot, first of all, but even worse was what would seem like whenever I would win a combat, he would be like, oh yeah, I have Inspiring Presence, the re-roll, six-inch banner, and he would roll it and win. And I'm like, oh! Yeah. Like, oh, it was so frustrating. Like, it must have happened, like, at least half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. And I just could not get ahead. Like, I I could not get ahead in the Battle of Attrition. And I knew because of the mission objective, like, I was up against it anyways. But what happened was his Kerbane was his messenger. And he brought the Kerbane around into my back ranks and attacked my Urukai Bowman with the Kerbane and killed it, which was my messenger. Oh, So man. his messenger killed my messenger. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have got into combat with him and done one wound, but, but that was it. I think it has four wounds. 
and yeah. um, you know he ended up flying away and the game ended and he won so yeah. there it is my fifth game soon as I thought I, oh maybe I'm going to win this tournament bam no yeah Lost. put you in your place yeah, yeah. like I had been playing and had Blade Master um, pretty much since game one or game two I guess I rolled it um, on both of my like two of my heroes yeah and it was very good yeah. Because you're like, oh, you rolled a two and I rolled a one. And they'd be like, yep. And I'll be like, okay, I'll re-roll. And then you don't get yeah. a one or a two and you win. Yeah. So it just when they think they'd won, it, it kind of takes it away from them. Especially so, if you happen to have a faction that has a higher fight than your opponent. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. But like that was another game where like we were right into the melee. So again, my ranger, who was getting steady upgrades you know like he had by now he had gotten like a defense upgrade he'd gotten a second wound you mm-hmm. know he he'd gotten heroic accuracy expert shot or whatever he still had not got an increase to his shoot so wow. he was still four plus shoot and in this game he probably didn't fire a shot he was just in there like mixing it up with everybody else well well at least he had his dagger to help kill no, stuff. that my dagger was on the other guy oh it was on a different guy oh, he was okay. on my scout yeah mm-hmm. Who was honestly so far not doing awesome? <laughs> yeah, I found that my Path of the Adventurer guy, um, he actually got a second wound, which was nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was it wasn't like I don't know. Warriors the way you want to go, I think with uh, with a battle company. But we should probably do our our sixth game and. Yep. Um, I this is the mission that I wrote down the very least amount for. Okay. Um, we played Claim the Treasure. Uh, so this is my second time playing this game, and I played against Kevin, who you had played yeah uh, earlier. Yeah, their Isengard player. Um, he had Grog, and that thing is silly. What's Grog? The uh, Urukai Grog. Oh, Urukai like Grog. A, yeah, it's like a special thing you can buy. Yeah, where it gives everybody in the battle company one reroll per game. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, we tied, but my leader was taken out mm-hmm. the first round of combat, the oh, first no fight way. in the game. He had he had never been knocked out the entire event. Yeah, and he gets knocked out to to a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> one could say, um, because my battle company rating was so high. Yeah, um, Kevin ended up getting like seven re-rolls or something like this. Oh my god. It was some ridiculous number, right? Yeah. Um, And yeah, and he had his grog and uh, it was a mess. So his one, like, normal warrior Urukai rolled a six in combat. I rolled a six. We rolled off to see who would win the fight and he won the fight. Yeah. So he rolled to win my guy and ended up killing my leader. Oh my god. I failed my fate roll, and I was just, I was like, it's amazing, I, like, like, I charged that's what in, I mean. like, unless and I was it, like, yeah, well, I charged in, I'm like, heroic, do I heroic fight, like, strike up, because I had heroic strike at this point, yeah. or do I heroic combat, and me being the aggressive person I've been all tournament was like, yeah, I'm just going to heroic combat, it's just a normal warrior, like, what's he going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, wipes me out, I rolled a one for my fate roll, and I, I only ever had one attack, one wound, and one fate on my leader. Like, first two heroes, the yeah. whole tournament. Like, I never got an attack or a wound upgrade on them, so... Yeah, yeah. 
it was it was uh it was crazy it's amazing how easy your heroes can die in battle companies it's just like one lost fight one wound and you're down potentially yeah it's not it's not easy and that yeah. quick right yeah. um but uh i ended up collecting three of the objectives and my spear hero with two wounds had i think two of them on him and three of his Urukai were surrounding me at the end of the game, and the game ended because of uh, yeah. the, whatever the condition was. It was like 25% or something. Okay. So we ended up tying, because there's six objectives, yeah, and yeah. he had three and I had three had when three, the game yeah. ended. So it was pretty crazy. Um, so you actually had two ties? No, I had two wins, a loss, and three ties. Three ties, oh my god. Yeah, so... I got four influence for that game, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to roll in the chart and hope for a rider just to boost my yeah. uh, company rating, and I ended up getting just a warrior. Um, like, I rolled a two and got a mm-hmm. warrior, so I was like, whatever, I'll pay an influence and give him a shield and raise my company rating by, like, another point or yeah, something Yeah, because we like were this. thinking about increasing company rating because there was a prize for highest company rating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And mine ended up being 299 Oh my god, really? At the end. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And I thought, man, I've got to be like, I've got to be one of the highest battle company rigs yeah, in here because yeah. of this, right? I think the only thing that could have saved me and, and potentially got me more points was if I had of not had my rider die the third game and spent the three influence to save him because I would have bought my third hero a horse. Or I might have even bought another roll on the chart just to get that that upgrade. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I had a good time. What about you? My last game was on a table that I'd already played on. Stand your ground, the Amon Hen Giant yep. Hill one, and I played against Sean, who was Rohan, who I forget if you said you played. Uh, I did. I played him on the defend table, the third game, and he actually rolled to be the defender and by this point in time I had I think 13 guys in my battle company Wow! so it was a big battle company but I had to go up the hill I might have had 12 I forget and his battle company was just as big and there were a lot of horses and I was like oh my god I gotta charge uphill into a cavalry army and of course he had a ranger up top on top standing on top of Amon Hen and like the very first turn he fired knocked out one of my guys and I'm like oh god this is how this is going to go okay Um, (laughs) and so I thought well I have a ranger as well and by now I had a crossbowman and then another bowman and my scout had suffered an arm wound so couldn't use his bow so but i thought you know what i'll try to stand back and see if i can kill some horses so i tried exchanging shots with him a bit and i'm like yeah this isn't gonna work i just gotta go for it so i just like started charging up the hill with a like on my my right hand side where he had the fewest guys yeah and i'm like realized very quickly that hey his guys are fight three this is awesome and it wasn't nearly as difficult as what i was expecting because normally when you go up in cavalry they knock you down kill you knock you down kill you and it's just like oh my god um but in this case here i was able to like 
crawl up the hill, call a heroic combat, use my fight four, you know, kill a horse, kill the guy, whatever. And I just, I was able to crawl all the way up the hill. And plus the rough terrain was hindering his cavalry movement a little bit. Okay. And uh, so, you know, essentially I kind of did sort of an armored assault up the hill with my Urukai charging into, you know, through his, his Rohan guys and got finally up to the top of the hill with about four guys and it came down to the very last turn and we both had about four guys roughly in the central you know area where you see who wins with the most guys in that area and i think i knocked out one or two of his guys and he didn't knock out any of mine so i ended up having like say four to three Mm-hmm. In, in the top or four to two I forget what it was and I managed to win the game oh nice and again I like rolled for for various upgrades um, and I spent my influence rolling for additional guys I ended up with uh, 14 guys in my battle company oh, at wow. the end my rating was 309 um, and like you I thought that's pretty darn good I must be I must be up there um, but it wasn't to be the best. Yeah, I had, eight, be the best. I had eight models in my battle company at the end. Eight? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had a lot more influence coming my way because actually at some point, and I didn't write it down, I rolled again Wounds of a Hero. I, I rolled the one time and I got oh a five. Goodness. I got it a second time, <laughs> but I rolled a one. So I only got oh, one okay. extra the second time, but I still won. Like, that's the thing. If you win... Like, every time you win, you're getting five influence. Mm -hmm. So, like, I won five times and lost once. But the time I lost, I got an extra five influence. Yeah. Right? So... Well, for me, like, other than my my rider and a couple other guys getting knocked out, I, like, literally had no injuries the entire tournament. Yeah. I didn't have many, honestly. Like, I, I actually in one of the my game five was the only one where i had a guy suffer like a permanent injury an arm wound Mm -hmm. that was it and like aside from that i think only once or twice did i roll for a guy to miss a game and i just brought him back well one time i brought him back i think once i let my guy just sit out a game yeah well like my my leader um the last game when he got knocked out he actually suffered a leg wound yeah but it, at that point, it was like the game, the tournament was over, right? So it didn't matter. Right. Uh, plus, he was mounted, so. But it was like, I guess the high defense caused that to not happen. So I didn't even have the chance to roll on that chart to get that yeah. kind of stuff, like that or the um, extra fate roll, like extra fate point. Because the only way you can get uh, an extra fate point in battle companies is if you're knocked out and you roll double sixes yep. to get the uh, protection of the Valar. Yeah, so it's like there's something you can get that gives you a plus one on your injury rolls. Mm-hmm. So for the purposes of that, it's it's very good. But Oh, it, healing herbs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rare to get a, an extra fate. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the results. Do you want to do the like the overall results first, and then we'll do the individual awards? We can. Yeah. The grand I, general. I, I think the way the overall worked um, 
which we found out later on was the guy that won basically won a bunch of the other categories uh-huh. because of the way the scoring happened. Yeah. But uh, the winner of the tournament overall had six wins, so unfortunately it wasn't you, it even wasn't. though you're you were close. Five wins, one loss. Yeah, uh, but the overall winner um, was Steve. Steve, yeah. With his uh, Iron Hills. Yeah. Because of goat riders, I think he said he had eight goat riders at the end of the tournament or something like this. Yeah, plus a bunch of guys on foot as well. Yeah, so it it was uh, it's pretty it's pretty obvious to see that that battle company is really strong. Yeah, and I think it's because of the two influence for goat like his battle company rating was something crazy like 400 yeah. plus at I've the done, end of I've it. done a I've done a lot of uh, reading of the battle company's book after the event yeah. um, but we'll come back to that as, yeah, let's as finish in, this in, the, in the sum up yeah yeah so I actually came second you with did my Isengard with five wins and one loss mm-hmm and then we had uh, Jamie. Yes. Who neither of us played. Nope. He so was in. Uh, I think he was in my group. He must have. We must have all been in the same pool. That's why. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And he played. Um, I forget the name of the one, but it's the one with elves, dwarves, rangers, and a hobbit. The wandering. The wanderers. Or, yeah, wanderers of the wanderers wild. Wanderers of the wild. Yeah. Yeah, and then fourth was you it was yeah so that was all right with three ties i managed to come in uh i come in fourth yeah (laughs) it's crazy yeah yeah so what about all these other secondary awards the um yeah so the second plate like the second award was the company with the highest or the person with the highest company rating the ravaging horde the Ravaging Horde, yeah. um, which went to Steve because his was the highest. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who was the second highest. I think it might have been me at 309. Okay. And then after that, it was the Broken, the yeah. guy who suffered the most injuries. Yeah. And I don't remember who won that, do you? I didn't end up writing most of this stuff down. Yeah, I had actually a total of eight, it says here, my notes. Oh, okay. Which seems high, but apparently I had eight injuries. That includes not, like, miss a game, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I had three or four at the end, so I was really low on that, that yeah. count. Um, there was the most kills, mm-hmm. which was, uh, I thought I had it in the bag, but again, with Steve and his... Um, stampede of goats. <laughs> I think he ended up getting getting the most kills. Because I had something... What did I have? I had 30 kills. Yeah, I had 28. So, and I don't think I... I don't. I can't remember if he did, like, first, second, and third in each of these, or he just read off the first. Uh, I think he just read off the first. Yeah, yeah. And I think I actually tied... Um, for the general versus general kill thing because mm-hmm. I ended up killing two of my opponent's generals and there was two or three of us that were tied for that. Yeah, I only had ended up killing one and it was in my first game. Mm-hmm. 
And then the Wise, which was the character who had the most experience, was won by Kevin, who was the other Urukai player. So one of his, one of his Urukai heroes, had the most XP. Yeah, which was again crazy. I thought uh, it might have been it might have been somebody else, but because of the way the scoring um, was done, yeah, you couldn't win a prize again. Right. Um, so, what did you pick for your prize off the table? When I went up, like most of the stuff had been picked, there was only a few things left. Like there were some, like orcs and stuff from Battle of Pelennor Field Box um, that I didn't really need. But he had a 3D printed model, which was the uh, fundraiser for the uh, what is it? The Red Cross for the Ukrainian situation. Yeah, war gamers for Ukraine or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and the uh, the model looks very much like a sort of Dale Captain of Dale sort mm-hmm. of guy, um, which I have a Dale army, so I grabbed that model, which oh, okay. I was happy to get. Yeah, uh, Adam had. Um, I guess there was a bunch of stuff that he had ordered, but it didn't come in by the time the tournament happened. Mm-hmm. So he ended up splitting up a box, uh, like a um, starter box. The Pelennor Fields the box. The Pelennor yeah. Fields box. Um, and I, I picked up the, I think it's 24 Moran Orc with the um, Mordor Troll. Right on. So I got That's like a, good a prize. sizable chunk of an yeah, army yeah. for uh, if I wanted to do like a Mordor force. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy too because at the end when we were helping clean up and he had the box left over, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. do you want this box or can I have it? And he's like, yeah, you can have it. I'm like, excellent. Yeah. And then I did this big project where I made like these two, I had two Pelinor boxes, nice, hard, solid cardboard boxes. Yeah. And I made like big storage containers out of them, like segmented storage containers. Yeah. Posted some pictures on our Facebook group of that. So that was fun to do. And, like each one now holds probably a couple of hundred models or something. Yeah, that's one good thing about the Games Workshop, like starter yeah. set boxes. They always come in like a nice thick cardboard. It's a very sturdy. They do now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not not before, but so. Yeah, we had a great time. At least I did. I loved it. Yeah, it, yeah. Like I do find it's a little bit rushed because like the games go fairly quickly, but. You know, after every game, the amount of paperwork, like the time mm-hmm. required, increases after every game. Yeah. Um, because because more stuff for, is happening within your battle company. Yeah, you got to roll for your upgrades. If your guy's got an upgrade, you got to yeah. roll to see if you're going to get guys in the chart, pick your upgrades. Yeah, injuries. All injuries, all the stuff. So there's a lot of um, bookkeeping. That's where I say, like, I wrote down stuff, but if I had an Excel spreadsheet that was already printed, where I could just put like a check mark or something it would be a lot easier to keep track yeah yeah so already there's another battle companies tournament yep in the books it's i'm not sure if it's a league event or not um it's in a different part of the the province so uh sort of like a different home crowd let's say yeah um and in this one they're using is steve the guy that won this is actually i think running it but he's he's already banned two more factions from from it. Yeah. The one he ran, yeah, Iron, Hills, Iron Hills, and the one you ran, Dead yeah, of the Dead of Dunharo. Because he 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 said to me after the turn was over, he's like, I really wanted to face you because I thought he thought I was going to be the biggest threat. Yeah. 
to to the to the event for yeah. like to him right and i was like what are you talking about like <laughs> I, I don't know if i played my battle company right like if maybe i didn't buy horses for my heroes fast enough or yeah. or whatever but um in the end when he i heard his battle company rating i was absolutely like i was i didn't know what to think like he had almost a hundred battle company rating over what we had. He was what around four hundred or it's something higher, like four twenty five or something yeah, crazy like crazy. this, right? And I figured it out. Like the the reason in battle companies, like battle companies, um, I love it to pieces, but mm-hmm. it's far from perfect. Um, I I don't think I'm saying anything out of line by saying it needs a new addition. Um, yeah. just because there's a lot of uh, small things within the rule set that need attention and one of the main ones is reinforcements it's completely wonky in the the rule set the way it is right now yeah and that's why like ranger of the north gets banned everywhere it's because their reinforcement still costs the same as it does to get an orc you pay you pay three influence and you get an orc which is worth like six points or in theirs, you play a three point, and you get like a guy worth thirty points. Yeah, you know, three influence so for a thirty that's point. That's essentially model. the problem. Like that's kind of the low end and the high end, and you know, it's the same a little bit with the dead of Dunharrow. Like the cheapest guy you're getting as a fourteen point model. Right? Yeah. Um, the reason why Iron Hills is so good and. I'm going to just say they're broken for tournament play is that to a lesser degree their mounts only cost two so a goat rider costs less than a horse but the goat rider can knock a guy down and in battle companies that's even better than in the MESBG game because there's so fewer models on the table but the big one is their reinforcement chart is they have like what would be classed as one of the best special chart results you could get and it's a six in their regular chart which is a goat rider yeah well it's the same with that of Dunharo because i get a rider for a six the thing is with with the iron heels guy he's a strength for uh fight for guy in a goat that you know is cavalry and knocks your opponent down Mm -hmm. and like in a tournament where they're throwing influence at you like if you roll a four you're gonna spend influence just to get the goat rider so like half of your influence rolls at least you're gonna get a goat rider well yeah why would you not like if you rolled a four why would you not spend two to get a goat rider because you're gonna spend two to give them a goat later on anyway yeah, like for me playing Urukai, like Urukai are good, don't get me wrong, but playing an Urukai, rolling a four on my reinforcement chart, okay, I got to spend two just to get to a six to go to the special chart, and then it's 50-50 whether I get a Feral or a Berserker, and we know that a Berserker is much better, but it's still only a 15-point infantry model. Yes, it's good. It has two attacks, fight four, strength mm-hmm. four, but it's nowhere near as good as like a Goat Rider. Yeah, you know, in both points as well as, you know, yeah. how it performs on the table. So, so we'll have to see what happens at that event. Yeah, because I think we're both planning to go. So, at this point, it looks like um, it looks like we're gonna go because I'm not sure anything else is gonna be happening in May. So, we shall see. 
yeah we shall see but i had a great time looking forward to the next one um all about the battle companies uh the battle companies tournaments are um not quite as good as like a narrative campaign for battle companies to me but it's still a refreshing break from the regular mesbg tournament Mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed it yeah it's hard to get a group of people dedicated enough to run a league yeah of battle companies um it, it is almost better to do like a day or two like if you can do a couple days yeah and just do a bunch of games in that time well now that you mention it i am working on something with mike oh yeah so we will see we are there putting together something right I now. I didn't even so, know. I thought it, yeah. I, I might have spoiled something that I shouldn't have. <laughs> we'll see. It could be. It could result in nothing, but who knows? Oh, okay. Yeah. We shall see. Maybe we will put together a little narrative campaign. There you go. All right. Well, that's it for the main segment. Let's move on to the next segment. All right, so we're going to finish off this episode by talking about something non-MESBG, because we're about all things Lord of the Rings. And this is, Garrett's going to tell us all about, well, you're going to give us a bit of an introduction to the Lord of the Rings trading card game, which I don't think they're even making it anymore, are they, Garrett? Uh, they are not. They are not, no. It um, is no longer in print, so it is semi-hard to find and get. But there was quite a bit of it out there, right? Yeah, I think um, in total they produced 18 sets and then a couple extra things like uh, anthologies and um, I think the last thing they printed was Age's End and it was a a set of 44 cards that were done in foil, but it was like every box you bought had the same cards in it. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't wasn't random or anything like that. So no rarity really to those. No, because um, you get all the same cards, right? So, right, right. So what is this card game? Like how many players and how many cards and all of this kind of stuff? Um, well, it's mainly two people playing. So like one person versus another. But you can play multiple players more than that. All right. Um, and they have rules set up for that. But uh, basically the idea is you each play a deck and the deck is split up into two different halves, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you start with a ring bearer, so you pick your ring bearer. Most of the time it's Frodo. But um, some of the later sets allow you to take uh, different ring bearers. So you could have, like, I think Galadriel was one. Um, Sam became a ring bearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gimli's an option. All these different things, right? I think cool. Is- Isildur was uh, one of the options. But that's for later sets when they change the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm mainly focused on playing the first 10 sets, which is the movie block, they call it. Um, so it's all the stuff from the movies before they change the rules. So, like, are is one person playing, like, the good side and one person playing the evil side? Is that how it works, or...? Uh, kind of. Basically, your deck is a ring bearer, a ring... And then the rest of the cards are split in half. You've got what's called a free people side and then a shadow side. And the idea is both players have a fellowship and a evil side that their opponent's fellowship fights against. Oh, okay, okay. Okay? 
Um, there's not really factions in this game. They kind of break it down into what they call cultures. And the free people's cultures are dwarves, elves, um, Gondor, Shire, and then Gandalf is a, a, a culture. Basically, that's like the wizards and people that Gandalf interacts with in the in the book and the in the movies. Right. Um, and, and then on the shadows side, they have Isengard, Moria, Sauron, and the Ring Race. So okay, cool. What you do is you bring a deck of minimum sixty cards. So it'd be thirty free people's cards and thirty shadow cards. Um. There's a bunch of different phases. I don't really want to go into big, yeah, big yeah. detail about it right now, but you, as the free people's player, start your turn. Um, you play a location of which you have nine of, and the idea is you kind of interact back and forth with each other. So the free people's player will play out cards that cost resources, and those resources that you spend give the shadow player resources to play their cards oh cool okay so it kind of it kind of works out in balances so if you play more cards for your fellowship to to either add more people to it or give them gear and stuff it gives the shadow player more resources to respond to it right okay so they've got the thing where you play your fellowship um, they can move from locations, which are different cards, and then they fight, and stuff nice. happens. So is this like um, Magic the Gathering, where you play a monster card sort of on the table, and it stays on the table and, and fights for you until it gets killed? Is it like that? Um, kind of like that. That only really happens with the free people side. So you usually start with Frodo as your ring bearer. Yeah. And then you get like I think it's four points worth of fellowship models. Um so you could take like you start with Frodo and Aragorn. And Aragorn's worth four, so that would be your starting fellowship. Okay. And then the rest of the cards are just in your deck that you have to draw and then play. Okay. So what happens so you're kind is, of building your fellowship as you go, as you're playing the game, you're correct, adding yeah. more guys and to you, your fellowship. You you have to draw cards, so it it um you're not gonna have all the cards you need in your hand right away, right? Nice. Um but because you've played cards and moving actually gives the resources to the opponent as well, then they can play out things like Moria Goblins or Urukai. Um you go to the fight phase, they kind of do a, they call it a skirmish. And you have to assign different fellowship members to block the attackers or the shadow players' creatures. You fight, and then you do damage to each other. If if a fellowship player dies, like a character dies, they get put in a dead pile. If the shadow player's character dies, it kind of gets thrown in a discard pile. And you do that. Um, the fellowship sticks around, but the shadow players goes away at the end of that turn. Okay. Yeah. So it 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 kind of you don't really get to build up a big shadow no. force. Because I guess it's supposed to be like the the game is about the fellowship going on a quest and they like encounter all of these different 
you know, obstacles or opponents like along the way. So it's exactly. kind of like they're just traveling through. <laughs> yeah. So it's like at the beginning, you're in location one, it's Frodo and Sam and the other hobbits. They go to location two, and now all of a sudden the shadow side has become bigger where you can interact with like Ring Race, for instance, like mm-hmm. in, the, in the movies, right? And then you basically are playing against your opponent to try and get to location nine and survive that turn mm-hmm. of, of the shadow player's phase. And if Frodo survives that phase, once you've reached the ninth location, you win the game. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So when this was, now it's not being made, but when it was being made, was this was this like a pay-to-win type of game where you just buy all the best cards and make the best deck? And um, From what I've heard, it is very rare-heavy, they call it. Yeah. So a lot of the better cards or the good cards were all the rares. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very noticeable with all the cards that I've been looking through. It's definitely better to have rare cards because they do more things. Yeah. But um, I guess you could say it could be pay to win. Like I know you uh, at some point during the last two years, you actually dropped off a couple of these decks at my place and I have mm-hmm. a couple of them downstairs. I don't know if you remember that or not. But... I do. I do do have a couple of them at least here. I think it was only two, but so these factions, like, so you're building your own decks in this game, correct? Yes. Yep. So how many, like sort of, you, you mentioned there's not really factions, but it's more about like races or something. Uh, They call them cultures. Cultures. So like, is, is your one deck kind of based around a certain culture? I guess the shadow side or. Um, in most cases, you do want to focus on um, one culture for the shadow side. You can you can splash or throw in a couple cards of other uh, cultures, but mm-hmm. ideally you want to try and keep it the same because that'll increase your odds of of drawing the cards you need to help with them. Like, yeah, because I guess all the cards from the same culture like interact better with each other. Yeah, like you have minions which are like goblins and urukai fighters and stuff like that yeah but then you have events which are like a card you play to have something happen okay um and then you have conditions which are kind of like a thing that stays in play it is one of the things for the shadow side that will stay in play and continue um throughout the whole game Mm -hmm. um but they add like minor buffs like if you play a goblin you can get another resource back or play a goblin from your discard pile and put it on the bottom of your deck type of thing if if this event happens or this thing so occurs. question on uh you said the the first 10 sets were like the movie block or yeah. something like that so i assume this is all about lord of the rings the movies not the hobbit movies is that correct um there are some things to do with the hobbit but a lot of it is is basically just the movies yeah like the stuff after set 10 um they kind of went all over the place Mm -hmm. um there's a set that they brought out which was expanded middle earth and it has a whole bunch of stuff um but it was it was more to do with drafting like to play the game with a drafting concept in mind so yeah but yeah no like i i want to focus on the 10 because it's easier to focus on. It's just some of the stuff's really hard to get. Like yeah. 
the later the sets are, the more difficult it is to get because it costs more money. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. I don't think we can just play with the cards that you have and yeah, and that's it, right? So what are the, like you said, you're making up a couple of decks for us to, to try it out with. What are the decks that you're making up? Like what um, I haven't, cultures? I haven't finalized the fellowship side of the deck, uh-huh. but for the shadow side, I've got a deck that is mainly Moria goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple Ringwraith um, minions and cards splashed in there, just to add a little bit of extra to it. Um, and then for the other deck is mostly Urukai, probably about two thirds of the that half of the deck is Urukai, and then there's Ringwraith for the rest. Nice. So well, I'll look forward to checking out some of the, like for example, the Moria side. Like we're used to seeing all of the different MESBG Moria sort of goblin characters, which are, I think, entirely GW creations. Um, so I imagine they have completely different, like, do they actually have named characters in the, the Moria Um, They're they're not, culture? like, named, like, a name to them. Right. But they've got things like a goblin runner. I'm just looking at some of the cards right now. Like, one of the cards is a, a goblin scavenger. Yeah. And when you play this minion, which costs three shadow resources, you can play a weapon from your discard pile on uh, a goblin. Oh, nice. So, like, if you've if you've played a weapon earlier on in the game, and it's in your discard pile now, if you play this guy, you can get it back for that one extra time. So he's, like, got a little recycling mechanic built into him. Yeah, and then there's, uh, like, the Cave Troll of Moria's there. The troll's key ward, which I guess is the dude that basically tugs him around on the chain until it's time to okay. let him go. It's like releasing the hounds. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. No, like how neat. long does a, an average game of this take? Um, I think the rule book said it's like an hour. Oh, cool. That's all right. So you could get together and play two or three games. Yeah, it, well, obviously people know how to play it, go by faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you get used to the decks, it it, uh, it goes by quicker. But the the one thing about the names of these things is they've got names for all the ring race, and they're like really weird. They're not like the Shadow Lord. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to pronounce these things. It's like Uler Atea, something like this. I'll have to show you the... the okay the spelling of it but it's it's very weird maybe these are like names taken out of the actual lore of tolkien and they're the original names it, of the, could be, the kings could be. or whatever yeah because like the witch king is called the witch king he doesn't have a weird yeah. a weird name um or a differently spelled name but uh yeah it's interesting i i've been big into collecting card games over the last couple of years because there hasn't really been much much else to do yeah and uh, I, I was excited to get into this. So Nice. I'm looking forward to giving it a try. It sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's just something to throw down and play. Like, if we if we went on, like, a, a road trip for tournaments and stuff, we could... Uh, yeah, yeah. We could take them with us and play a couple games. Or if we've got three or four people, you could even have a three or four player game. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, like, one of those games that you bring with, the, you know, when you're going to be spending a night in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. The old road trip days. Right on. 
Cool. So I guess the plan is we'll get together and play a couple of games of this and maybe we'll come back and talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, we can have like a, a discussion on how we played and what we thought the, the different combinations were and all that stuff. So Yeah, I'd look forward to actually checking out the, the individual cards and mm-hmm. seeing what they got in there. Yeah, like a lot of the, the artwork is just pictures and stills from the movies. So it's pretty cool to see some of the stuff. Cool. All right. Yeah, I guess that's it for another episode. So thanks everyone for for joining us. Um, any final thoughts, Garrett? Um, well, I've uh, started working again on my Urukai Scouts. Yep. So that will hopefully be ready for sometime this year. That's my plan. That's your plan. That's my plan. Excellent. Um, I hope to see everybody else out at the events, though. It's it's nice to get to see people again. Yeah, it's really good to get out and roll some dice again, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we should also mention as well, because, you know, you're here and Andrew is not here, and it's because Andrew and his wife have had a baby. They did. They did. Um, so we have our newest member of the, uh, the league. Yes, and our newest member of the North of the Shire podcast team. Definitely, yeah, a new new member to the podcast family. That's right. So yes, uh, mummy and daddy and baby all doing well. Yeah, congratulations to the yeah. parents. So congratulations to them. And thanks everybody for joining us, and we will see everybody again next time on North of the Shire. So long, farewell, evitas, and goodbye.